makes it happen. Amen. And we're glad, uh, again, excited to have you with us. And again, those of you watching online, thanks for taking time out of your busyness to, to be a part of this. And uh, uh, just a word of encouragement, fall is Wednesday. Amen. And so it seems like our, our hottest days this summer have been the last like three days of fall. And so I don't know how he makes a way, but he always, he will. Amen. We're excited today to, to launch into this, 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 this thought that God has about revival. Again, revival, restoring something to its original purpose and intent. You know, I was reminded as we sang that song, and, and even last week, for those of you that were with us, we, 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 we talked about that, that, that there's been a plan from the beginning, and there's a plan all throughout history, even to the very end, right? And from Eden to Zion, Eden, we know, represents kind of the beginning. Zion kind of represents when, when, when the Lord returns and establishes his kingdom, that he will. Listen, the Lord is going to come back. You need to know that. Amen? And, and when that happens, how that happens, I don't know how it all shakes out. I just know who, where I am standing with him. I'm in Christ and, and, and I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to, to that day. Um, but, but, but he's going to restore everything and, and, and make it right. You know, your, your original purpose, your God's original intent for your life was relationship. Uh, and, and in fact, when we talk about this, this word revival, when, when you look the word up revival, let us just go there real quick. Uh, in, in the Hebrew that we get the word revival from the Hebrew word, um, haya. And it means to bring back to life. It means to restore to consciousness. It means to restore to a previous condition. And so when, when, when we talk about revival and when I challenge you, hey, why don't you begin to pray that in your life? Because the reality is you, you were created for a specific purpose and intent. There is a design behind your life. You need to know that. And, and it's interesting that when you read in Genesis, that book of beginnings, you, you were began, you started by this very breath of God. And when we talk about revival, we, we, we are asking and we are praying praying, we're praying for an outpouring of God's spirit, the very breath of God to come and fill us and move and work among us. Are you with me today? That, 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 that's what we need most. That we need that Holy Spirit power. We, we, we don't need another method or program or another gathering. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God and that, that power that comes from him. It brought you to life. It's what will resurrect us one day uh, when, when our time is done. Uh, we need the very breath of God. When, when you read about revival in, in, in the Bible, and you're not going to find the word revival in the New Testament and things of that such, but you might find the word renewal. You're going to find imagery that goes back to that Hebrew word, hayah, even throughout the Old Testament. The Bible is littered with, with, with times of revival and, and, and great leaders standing up and leading people. But when you read about revival in, in, in Scripture, it, it was about people turning back to God and repenting of their sins and beginning once again to set their course and direction towards that purpose and intent for which they were created him, his purposes, living a life of obedience. Now, when you read throughout the Old Testament in particular, you're going to find this kind of back and forth that the people had those moments of, of mountaintop experiences with the Lord. Moses brings 
the Ten Commandments down or, or even in the, 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 the construction of the tabernacle, these moments with God. But yet we only find, we, we find that, that, that very soon, very quickly, they, 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 they turn from that, right? And they go back to, and they forget their God and go back to what they think is best and what, what it might be comfortable in the culture in which they lived, right? But anytime you think of revival, and when we think about God's original purpose and intent for our life, it is always based on, it's, a, it's about a relationship with him. It's about us pursuing holiness, living a life of sin, and being obedient to the things that he's called us to do. Amen? There's a verse of scripture in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel found in, in chapter 36, verse 26. It says, Ezekiel says, the word of the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit. There it is right there. A new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Now this prophet Ezekiel, of course, is speaking to Israel. And I don't know what you know about Israel, but again, throughout history, that they've been known as his chosen people. And, and, and I believe that Israel is still that nation that God wants to establish. And in fact, we, I think they've celebrated maybe 73 years, I believe, 73 anniversary of them becoming a nation once again. And so many Jews are returning back from all parts of the world that have been dispersed really since biblical times. It's just absolutely incredible. Um, but, but, but Ezekiel is writing these words to those people to Israel, these people, God's chosen ones, these people that, that have met with God, that know God, that have experienced his goodness, not just through the wanderings of Egypt, but even in the conquering of promised land and the enemies there and all of that. But yet they still find themselves reverting back to old ways, old habits and doing the things that so go against what God desires for them. And Ezekiel share with him, hey, listen, God wants to, 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 to do something. He wants to restore you physically as a people. But more importantly, here's what Ezekiel is saying here. He wants to restore them spiritually. He, he, he wants to, in fact, I love the imagery here. It's pretty descriptive, a stony, stubborn heart, right? That's pretty clear as to maybe where their heart was. And, 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 and how far maybe they were from God at that moment, right? He says, I want to, God wants to remove that heart and, and, and he wants to give you, I love that, a tender, responsive heart, right? Uh, we, we, we know that even just physically that when we hear terms from a doctor that say a hardening of the heart, that's not good news, is it? physically for us as a human. And I tell you, it's definitely not good news for us spiritually as well. And that God wants to come in and kind of do some surgery in us. That's what God wants to do through this thing called revival. He not only wants to restore us physically, but he wants to do a work here in Israel spiritually as well. He wants them to get back to relationship with him that they were created for. And he wants them to once again, be obedient to those things that he's called them to do. Amen. You know, someone asked me, hey, how, how do you know when revival happens? I mean, is it, it, it just, is, if there's a tent on these 30 acres somewhere, is that an indication that, that revival's happening? Or if there's a 
a marquee with a traveling evangelist name or some special guest coming? Well, what's the sign of that? Is it, is it setting aside a, a, a week of special gatherings? I mean, all of those things could be indicators, but I've just found this and I find throughout scripture that when revival and renewal, revitalization, a rejuvenation, a restoring truly takes place in people, it's evidenced by changed lives. You see, I believe that that's the true marker for revival. That changed lives is the evidence of when revival breaks out. You guys know that not only in the, in the Bible, but, but even throughout uh, more modern history, there have been massive revivals that, that you can read about, correct? We know the, of, of, of not one, but two, what we call great awakenings. We, we, we know that there were, was the Welsh revival. We know of Azusa Street that took place there outside of San Francisco. Uh, even more current probably in, in my lifetime and yours are, are revivals that broke out in, in Toronto and, and in Brownsville, right? Florida. I mean, all, we, we know that there have been these moments throughout history, not just in the Bible, but, but even in, 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 in some of our lifetimes in which we've heard about, we've seen great moves of God, but They've always been evidenced by changed lives. In fact, it was uh, some newspaper men from London uh, when they heard about this Welsh revival that had broken out. Newspaper men from London went down to Wales because they wanted to cover the story. They were hearing about some really incredible things that were happening. Hey, a lot of times in some of these revivals, the prisons were empty because inmates were getting their lives right and, and, and there was no need. Their crime was at an all-time low. <laughs> Reminds me of some, some the, the original prison ministry of, of Paul, you know, a lot of times, right? Uh, but, but these newspaper men wanted to go down to Wales to kind of figure out, hey, what's happening? This is a newsworthy story and, and that's good news news. Couldn't we use some good news today? Amen. Um, and so maybe they'll write about us someday. Who knows? But, but, but they went down and, and, and as they made their way to Wales, they, they, they found a, a, a police officer in his uniform and, and they said, hey, excuse us, sir, but, but could you tell us, we, we're hearing about this, this revival that's breaking out here. Could you tell us where it's located? And the story's told that that police officer stood to full attention and he placed his hand over his heart he said, revival is inside of here. You see, he had caught the Holy Ghost fire and it had changed his life. You see, revival is not about a certain location. In fact, do you realize, listen, we're talking about revival. We're talking about the presence of God. We're talking about power. Do you realize that revival can break out at any time and anywhere that a believer in Jesus Christ is? It's the power within us that brings revival. It's that spirit that is captivated for those of us that have said yes to Jesus. That is where revival breaks out and takes place. Amen? I love what John Wesley wrote. He quoted, I quote him with this. He says, I continue to dream and pray about a revival of holiness in our day that moves forth in mission and creates authentic community in which each person can be unleashed through the empowerment of the spirit to fulfill God's creational intentions. Wow. I believe it was Wesley also that was, whose heart's desire, one of those great evangelists of the day that, that would say, hey, Lord, just set me ablaze and let others watch me burn, you know? But can you imagine this day? 
a, a, a day where revival has overtaken us, where the spirit is so present on us in, in, in which we get back to that very thing that we're called to be as the body of Christ, right? Hey, listen, this is good, and, and, but, but this is not all. There is so much more. This is, th- 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 this, th- there is more for us than this. Just gathering. It's called scattering, right? But can you imagine a church on fire being revived, being renewed, being set back to its original intent and purpose? You know, we need revival. And here's what, 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 what I'm reminded. Re- revival has to start in each individual in this room. It starts with us. You know, I, I, I'm around a lot of people that, that I hear oftentimes throughout my 31 years of ministry, I've heard, we're praying for revival, we're praying for revival. And, and, and again, I don't think they're praying for a week-long gathering of, 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 of you know, events, but, but more important, they're praying for a move of God, they're praying for an unleashing of the, of the Spirit of God, and I'm all for that. But, but the, I think the greater prayer is, is, Lord, I need you to bring revival to me, I need you to do something in me, first and foremost. I think we have to start with us. That's why I challenge you this morning. Hey, once you begin to pray about where you're at with God, because we can be so um, focused on, on, on what's out there and who's out there and, and fixing all that stuff out there. When in reality, I think the spirit of the Lord says, hey, I need to do a work in you first. Are you with me today? So what is that work that you feel like needs to be done in you? What, 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 what needs to be revived? What needs to be reawakened? What needs to be renewed in you individually? We need revival individually. We need revival in, in our families and in our homes, do we not? Um, not, not, not to get specific, but, but since we were in this room together last week, I, I, I know of four families that have either filed for divorce or are separated right now. That's just this week. On top of that, I've, I've talked to a dad this week that says, hey, you know what? I, I've got a child that's struggling and dealing with pornography. Can you help me out? I, I talked with another dad that said, you know what? I, my, my, my student just, you know, doesn't want to participate in in, in, in church and youth group and gatherings, just kind of doing their own thing. Can you, can you help me out? Listen, we, we, we don't have to get into statistics. And, and even right now, as I share some of those things with you, you, you know of some names and faces of people that are right there. Guys, I'm telling you, we need to get back to God's original intent and design for our family. And that starts as the spirit of God. Hey, hey, men, not to throw you under the bus, but men, I'm just going to tell you, this is God's design that we be the spiritual leaders in our homes and in our families. And can you imagine what happens? In fact, the statistics say, I I believe it's like over 90% that if the dad gets saved first in the home, in the family, there's about a 90 plus percentile that, that the rest of the family will also come to know the Lord. You know what that means? Is that men, listen, we're important in the spiritual health of our families. And so the the women are clapping. The men are like, come on, bro. Why did you have to do that to us? But it's just true, is it not? Right? 
And then can you imagine if, 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 if dads got lit up with the Holy Spirit of God? We used to, I grew up in a church where you sang out of a hymn book. You remember that? And one of those hymns was, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Clap your hands if you know what I'm talking about. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Much old, old Baptist in here. Y'all have never clapped in church before until today. I'm telling the Holy Ghost is breaking out in this room right now. Amen. But then our wives would get lit with the Spirit it would be passed on to our children. Hey, moms and dads, is there not any greater legacy? Is there not any other greater teaching or instruction that you could do for your child than to put Christ on display? Amen. To let them see the real and living Jesus in your home? It's hard though, isn't it? We battle technology. Back in the day, the biggest thing we battled growing up was called the party line where you had to be careful what you said on the telephone. You remember the ones with cords that reached, you know, through 2,400 square foot in your home, you know, because you never knew who was on the other line listening, right? But our kids today, it's a battle. It's a struggle. These guys are going, what is he talking about? You know, um, it's a struggle today and I get it. That's why we need revival in our families and in our homes. Are you guys okay with that? I, I, we need revival in the church. Listen, I'm not making any excuses for the church and, 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 and the church has, has undergone for several years now some things that, that would cause people to question and doubt who we are and who we believe in. N no excuses there um, because, you know, there's leaders that are fallen and broken. There are people in the churches today worshiping that are fallen and broken and we're just, it's made up of imperfect people. But, but can you imagine what would happen if revival truly broke out in the body of Christ? The bride, keep in mind, God's original intent and purpose was that we be his bride that he takes great delight in without spot or blemish. One presented to him as healthy and whole. And I'm telling you, that's what an unbelieving world needs to see in us, the body of Christ. Are you with me there? What would happen if revival broke out, not only individually and families, but what if it broke out in this house? What if this became a dangerous place for people far from God? They walked in and they knew, man, when they go there, much like happened in Wales, your life is going to be forever changed. Hallelujah. Do we believe he can do that? We need revival. We need a fresh outpouring of the spirit of God. And that will transfer into our nation. Come on, we don't even have to start there, do we? Talking about that and how it might affect our nation. Wow. I, I was reminded of a verse of scripture that, that, um, that I want to look at. We, we've read this time and time again and, and looked at it on, on several occasions. You, you probably know it by memory. We oftentimes use this passage of scripture during what we call national days of prayer or, or something else called, uh, hey, by the way, if, if, if you have kids that go to school somewhere, uh, on Wednesday is, is a gathering around school flagpost called See You at the Pole. And it's a time that's a student-led time in which students gather together before before school. I, I, I believe our guys were telling us 730, 745-ish, and, and they just pray for God. Can, do our schools need a move of God? Yes. Homeschools, private Christian schools. Man, my brother went to a private Christian school. I know that, that even that arena needs some revival. Amen. 
But anyway, we're going to gather together and pray. And we look at verses like this oftentimes in those settings. But, but I believe in this verse, we, there's a couple of things that I want to unpack before we leave here today that, that are going to kind of set the trajectory for us over the next couple of weeks. But in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, Ezra writes these words. He says, if my people, the word of the Lord, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. You've seen that. You've read that. We've preached that, we've prayed that, we've sang that. But there are a couple of key things within this familiar verse to us that I think are important for us to really understand if revival is going to happen. If it's going to break, first of all, this is not a point, but, but keep in mind, this verse, it says, if my people. So, so these words are geared towards the people of God. Are they not? Do we, do we see that? These words are geared towards the people of God. So, so those that have said yes to Jesus, those are part of the body of Christ, those that belong to him. This is the challenge for us. And, and, and he's saying, listen, I, I want to talk to you guys because you're the key for, for me moving in your land. And then I love what, what we read here in this passage about prayer because I believe that prayer precedes revival. It, I just, that's what I, I, I ascertained there in the, in the beginning of this verse, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, he starts with those things there, praying and seeking God. You know, prayer ought to be the trademark of every Christian church. In, in fact, I, I believe that lifted hands, not lifted hands like this, that means touchdown or field goal, but this means praise and, and, and surrender. This is a sign of humbling ourselves and acknowledging that we give up. This is, this to me ought to be the sign of all of us or kind of figuratively of, of how we view God, that we pray and we seek him. You know, the church was birthed in a prayer meeting, right? That's how the church exploded in Acts through prayer. The believers were together and they prayed and the Holy Spirit of God fell. And we'll talk more about Pentecost in the weeks to come as well and what took place there. But prayer birthed the church. And I'm telling you, if we want to experience a move of God and revival in us and through us and across our land, I'm telling you, it's got to start with prayer. Are you guys okay with that? Jesus said, my house should be called a house of prayer. Not preaching, teaching, singing, dancing, banner, streamer, ministry, kids, team, or great coffee. It's not a coffee house. It's a prayer house. Amen? But Jesus sees the importance that I'm just telling you in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, prayer precedes revival. If we want to see a move of God, we got to be a house that prays. Amen? In fact, I just want to pause right here and just say something. And I just, 
just I offered this to to our first gathering as well today that that you know I, I I don't know what your spirit is or your frame of heart or attitude is when you roll on campus some of you're like why are we here again we were just there you know I wanted to sleep in it's been a long week some of us maybe come a little bit more excited excited to see people and we 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 want to sing and and what have you but but I, I want to encourage us to do something for next week I just want you to know that that this altar I'm just going to call this an altar. This is a, it's an elevated platform, a stage, whatever you want to call it, but this is an altar. And I, I just want to encourage you that when you roll into this house, I, I want to encourage you to feel free to come before the start of the service. And some of you are going, bro, people are in there talking, drinking coffee and yakking it up. And I'm just telling you what would happen if we really prepared our hearts through prayer before the announcement video came on that first groovy song ever started, right? But what if we just prepared ourselves for prayer? Can you imagine what might happen, Tony, in this house? I just can't help but think that God would honor that. And uh, you, you need to know that before you guys ever come in here, before the first person enters this room to sit in those seats that you're in, that they're prayed over, they're anointed, they're COVID blasted as well. We do that still and what have you. But but, uh, but, but we, we pray over this. You need to know that yesterday on Saturdays, there's always a group up here praying for move the spirit. I'm telling you, if we want to see the Holy Spirit of God break out, prayer is going to bring that in. Amen. And then the second thing I see real quick, because Ezra's here and that's my cue to get off the platform. Um, <laughs> not only do we need to humble ourselves and pray, seek my face, he says, but he says to turn from your wicked ways. Prayer precedes revival, but repentance is a prerequisite for revival. Getting rid of those things in my life, sin, the Bible would call that, that hinders a move of God. Identifying it, acknowledging it, asking God to take that from me, and turning from that, that's repentance. Listen, I, I believe, come on, does anyone, does everyone believe that God really wants to do a work and bring revival? Do you believe that? He wants to do that. He wants to restore this place to its original intent and design. But what hinders that is us. What oftentimes hinder that is that sin in our lives. And so, uh, listen, I, I, I'm not a rocket scientist, and I have had one too many blows to the head throughout my lifetime, right? But I even understand this, that if I want to truly experience all that God has for me, I need to get out anything in me that might hinder that. Are you with me there? And repentance is what's needed. Repentance is a prerequisite. Prayer is going to precede, but repentance is a prerequisite also for revival. Why would I say that? Well, because he says, listen, if you'll do those things, then I will forgive your sins and restore your land. Then he'll move. It's not, I want to move first and wake you up and then you come to a real, no, no, no. Start with these things, he says. And watch what I want to do. Not only throughout history, but even throughout the Bible, there were great times of revival and movements of God. 
I'm reminded of, of probably the greatest revival in history probably took place in the city of Nineveh. And we know the story of Jonah, don't we? We know that God called him to go to this city of Nineveh and preach against its wickedness. We know that Jonah, though, didn't want to do that. God, listen, I think you know all things, but do you really know who those people in Nineveh are? They're dirty, rotten scoundrels. They're wicked. God, I, 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 listen, I know you can do anything, but I just don't know if I'm the man cut out for that. And we know what Jonah decided to do. Instead of running towards Nineveh, he ran the opposite direction, got on a boat, got on the water, big storm, throw him overboard, big fish, you know, the official shark week, you know, started then in Jonah and stays in that belly for a few days and vomited up on dry land. And Jonah eventually says, okay, it's a pretty miraculous move of God. I probably ought to go and speak. But listen, even when Jonah arrives in Nineveh, his message was not necessarily one of love and forgiveness. It wasn't one of how much God cares for you or whatever. In fact, do do you know the message that Jonah delivered to the people in Nineveh? He's probably still a little bitter and angry that he's there, but but he doesn't want to be swallowed by fish again. And so he... But, but in, in Jonah chapter 3, verse 4, I believe, Jonah, here, here's the word that Jonah delivered. Here, here's the word this evangelist brought that day. In 40 days, God will destroy Nineveh. Drop the mic. And that's not a real encouraging message. But basically, Jonah was using what a lot of maybe some radical televangelists or evangelists of our time have said. Jonah basically was telling Nineveh, you better turn or burn. <laughs> you ever heard that? And that's really probably what Jonah, God's going, in 40 days, but he doesn't preach about love and forgiveness, the grace of God. He doesn't do any of that. But yet, despite this man of God's inadequacies and weaknesses, God said, I got this. And one of the greatest revivals in history takes place, right? A million people, they say, in that city at that time. A whole city was turned to the Lord. They repented. They began to follow and trust the ways of God. Revival. What might happen here? 2021, the beautiful hill country of Texas. Come on, don't you love the hill country? Come on. Hey, anybody just move in from another state? Don't you love the hill country? We do. What could happen throughout the hill country when individuals in this room have revival take place in their lives? Hey, what would happen? What would happen in our nation if families turned back to God and embrace the, 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 the cry of Joshua that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord? Hey, what, 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 what would happen in, in our church if, if we got back to the mission and the calling of us? You know what it is? It's not to sit and soak, but it's to go and tell. That's our calling, church, to go and make disciples to tell the good news of the gospel. That's what we're called. What might happen? I'm telling you, God would heal our land. Do you believe that?
you know, by the way, before I let you go, for, for someone here that says, man, I just don't know if God's love could reach me. Let me remind you about Nineveh. Let me remind you how bad a situation it was, but yet God still worked through it because he loves you and he wants revival in your life. He wants to restore you back to what he did in the Garden of Eden when he breathed his very breath in you and brought you to life. He wants to do that in you. I'm excited. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll dial back in or get here whenever you feel safe and and want to join us. It's going to be an incredible journey together. Would you stand with me today? And hey, our prayer ministry team are going to make themselves available. We, at the end of our service every week, we, we take seriously coming alongside of people and praying. And those of you that are watching online, actually you can text um, or on that feed that you're watching and, or send a note there in a chat box. And we have pastors that are watching right now and we will connect with you and follow up with whatever concern or need you're carrying. Hey, would you put your hands out today like you're ready to receive something? Because here's what I believe. God, I believe that you're ready to rain down your spirit and pour it out. And God, I pray that we as your people, may we be hungry, ready, desperate, and be willing to receive all that you have for us. Pour your spirit out, Lord. Bring revival. And we'll point people to you and give you the glory, honor, and praise because it's all about you. And it's all for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you. You're dismissed.